Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to the second episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lynn, and today I'm with Amy Jolly at Sunday's Best, where we're going to learn about combining football and fashion. What's up, Amy? Hey, not too much. Excited to be here and to be talking to you this morning. How are you doing? Not, not bad. And you're based in Denver, right? Yep, I'm in Denver, and uh, my twin sister and co-founder of Sunday's Best Co. is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Can you give us a quick background about how you came up with this idea and what's the story behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So my sister and I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Packers. We grew up actually right across the street from Lambeau Field. And when we were little, it's just something that's kind of born in you, the love for the team. And we would run outside when the Packers scored a touchdown just to hear the crowd roar. And we would actually flick our porch light switch on and off when the blimp was panning over the city of Green Bay to see if we could see our house on TV. Uh, So it's something that we've been really passionate about since we were little. And certainly the people of Green Bay, Wisconsin are very passionate about looking back to the city of Green Bay and our experience there. It's just such a wonderful place to grow up. And that's been something that has stayed with us throughout our moves away. And we love going back for Packer games and and seeing the old town. As for the company, it actually started, we were both headed, headed to Dallas last year for Super Bowl XLV when the Packers were facing the Steelers. And we both we didn't have tickets, but we just wanted to be there for the for the team, which also shows how ridiculous Packers fans are. So we just went there to go to a bar, which is funny because we could have done that here. But uh, we wanted new outfits to wear because we were spending money on tickets. And we wanted to look great. And we couldn't find anything that we wanted. And we were actually willing to spend really whatever it took to get a great new shirt. And we couldn't find anything that really appealed to us at the time. So we thought, you know what? I just want a Packers shirt that says Green Bay across it. And it's a great fit. Or I want uh, something that looks like a Wisconsin with a heart over the city of Green Bay. Once again, that's just a great fit and a great quality shirt. And we thought, maybe we should give this a whirl and see if other people agree with us. And uh, luckily, a lot of people have. And and uh, our company has taken off since November when we started when we started it out. One thing I noticed is that a lot of the sports clothing is just your regular apparel from the team. And there's no one really taking the fashion's edge and combining these together. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, certainly the NFL and officially merchandise products are going to be wildly popular for as long as the NFL exists. But we thought we could kind of do our our own little version of it and get our own market and see if we could target a certain demographic of people who are a little bit more concerned about the fit of a shirt rather than having the logos and the official images on it. Uh, We can't use any logos or really even the name Packers or, you know, there's all those restrictions. So I think it kind of forces us to be a little bit more creative with what we can do and focus on what people want to wear instead of, oh, I'll just go and get a new shirt for the season that looks about the same as the last shirt. And that's definitely true with women's apparel. I read somewhere, I wish I could find the article, but I laughed because it was so true. They said for officially merchandised products, they're 
motto is shrink it and pink it for women. So they just take a man's shirt, they make it shorter, for some reason I've never understood, make it shorter and boxier, and then they add pink glitter to it. And that's just couldn't be further away from Emily and my style and and wants as a as something to wear to a game. So I think we're bringing a, a new edge to apparel, and hopefully we'll be able to expand to other other teams as time goes on, and if we keep continuing to have ex, uh, success. Has Green Bay given you guys any trouble with using their team's idea, or have you run into any problems? Yeah, you'd be surprised at actually the amount of things we can't use. A lot of people think, oh, why don't you just throw the word Packers on there? But we obviously could never do that. We can't use Lambo, even Titletown and Cheesehead are trademarked. I'm not sure if you're familiar with these terms as perhaps a non-Packer fan, but they're pretty big terms over in Green Bay. And we try to keep it really simple. We One of, one of our best sellers is the we made a, a raglan, so kind of a loose baggy sweatshirt for women with the state of Wisconsin stamped and a heart over the city of Green Bay. And that is something we could never get in trouble for. So we always try to think of ideas like that where we don't have to look over our shoulder and think, are we making someone mad? Is this a reason that someone wants to come after us and tell us to stop printing our shirts? For the design of the shirts, who comes up with the ideas and how do you guys get it onto an actual shirt? Yeah, my sister and I brainstorm ideas. We had so many before we started and launched in November and we dwindled them down to our favorites because we can't afford to do all of them, which would be a lot a lot of fun as well. But we design a horrible, ugly sketch, and then we give it to our designer, Clarissa, who is wonderful, Clarissa Hernandez. And she makes it beautiful and, and throws in some extra ideas. And so she kind of gives us different outlooks on it just to make the design as beautiful as possible and a new eye on the, on the design. And our shirts always come out beautiful from her. We actually commissioned a new designer as well this year, Nate. And he is from Green Bay. So we thought that was cool, too, because he's a male designer who can give a different perspective. Emily and I admittedly are better at doing women's and baby designs than men. So we're really excited about the opportunity to get a male Packer fan in the mix with us and see what he wants to wear to game days on Sunday. Where do you source your shirts from? They're American Apparel, which is a decision we made because they're really, really nice fabric and they have a great long fit. Like I said before, it seems like women's shirts are made really short. Emily and I are both tall and that's always bugged us. So we picked American Apparel for those reasons and our printer buys them for us right from California. So everything that that we do with Sunday's Best Co. is all made in America, which is uh, an added bonus to the products. And do your male products or female products sell better? So we make a lot of unisex products. We have one that it's a gray shirt, a unisex American apparel shirt with a great fit that just says Green Bay. And that one does really well with both sides, as well as our Wisconsin one that says there's no place like home. We have a baby onesie with kind of a title belt on it, which is a a joke with Aaron Rodgers that he does a title belt move after he gets a touchdown. And that one sells really well as well, but to women, you know, women are kind of buying that for baby showers and such. So I would say women, our women products do do a little bit better, but we're trying to make that totally even this, this season with uh, the onboarding of Nate. And so let's go into about the operations side. Can you give us some color on that? So we actually commissioned a printer out of Minneapolis to do all of our printing for us. And they're, they are wonderful and really flexible, which is, I think, really important when you're looking for a printer. One of the most important things, if any other t-shirt businesses, startups are listening right now, would be 
to get a printer that's really flexible. So Anthem Heart, they're called in Minneapolis. They allow us to throw in just a couple of double XLs to our batch of 30 or 50 shirts, which is so important because they don't sell very well, but we want to have the double XLs available to our customers if they do need them. So I think that's important. If Anthem Heart had told us we had to do 24 double XLs in each run, that would be horrible for us. We probably couldn't even have the size available on our site. So I think that's a really important aspect of finding a printer is number one, the quality and and the pricing, shopping around for price, but number two, the flexibility of allowing us to throw in random sizes and kind of test things out. What's the minimum order usually you need to work with a printer? We're, we're new to this. So I think we have a, found a very flexible printer. Ours is about 30. So if you look at our site, you'll see that we have a lot of the same prints on different kinds of shirts with the um, unisex ones. So they're on the same shirt, but we can sell them as a man and a woman's shirt. So they let us throw in uh, all different sizes. And even with our latest print of the Wisconsin Heart Pullover, they let us try out printing that on a t-shirt. So we did a tiny run of those t-shirts to see if they'd be successful. And I think that's really nice that our printer allows us to do that. So in our batch of 30, we could do about 20 long sleeve shirts and then 10 t-shirts with the same print on it to see if it would work out as a little bit of a tester and to not spend too much money to try that out. What have you found to be the biggest challenge uh, when you first started out? I think the biggest challenge is simply starting out. So Emily and I were talking about it. We thought we could do a great job with this company, but it's hard to actually make the first move. So we were actually talking last night and she suggested to a company who's just starting out, simply just apply for your LLC. We did it on LegalZoom.com. And that means you're putting some money towards your company and you're confirming that this is something that you really want to do. It's not too expensive and it's really easy. So buying Sunday's Best LLC in the state of Minnesota was our first move to starting the company. And I think that's a great first move for anybody, certainly legal wise, and just to assert, okay, this is something I'm going to do. I put money towards it and let's move on and build the website. So I think uh, just starting it was was one of the toughest things. It's scarier than I, than we anticipated, I think, because you're starting to put money towards it. And more importantly, you're really putting yourself out there. You know, are people going to come to your website and think, what are they doing? This is horrible. All those horrible things that go through your head. But uh, after a couple months, you can certainly settle down and really look back and be proud of what you've done. One thing we really touched on in that I would love to say to everyone who's starting a business is you can't be obsessed with the number of Twitter followers you have or the number of Facebook followers you have. And Facebook allows you to see how many people have unliked you in the past month. And those things are just horrible to see, you know, oh my gosh, some one person unliked me. What did we do? What did we do wrong? And it's something you can get really caught up in. And you really shouldn't look at the sales and just keep going forward. It's something that uh, we have to still remind ourselves of every day. Just calm down, keep going. You're doing a good job and you can't get obsessed with the numbers. You really have to worry about the quality of the people following you. What was it like getting your first sale? The first sale is so exciting. It certainly validates what you're doing. So of course we had sales to our family and friends, which was also wonderful and validating. But the first sale that we got from a stranger came 
I think on day one or two, actually. And it was a woman in California who bought our pullover, our mo- our most popular item. And I called Emily and I said, do you know this girl? And she said, no, do you know her? So we looked her up on Facebook, which is hilarious. Kind of the funny things you do when you're first starting out. We didn't have any mutual friends with her. So we thought, oh my gosh, this woman found us organically and wanted to purchase our product. Someone who doesn't know us believes in us over in California. We were so excited to send that order out. And then going off of that, we've obviously had lots of stranger orders since then. But one guy took a picture of himself in his shirt and tweeted it at us. And that was just one of the most exciting moments too. One of the best mentions on Twitter ever for for Sunday's Best Co. was the first time someone tweeted a picture of themselves in their Sunday's Best shirt, enjoying the game. How do you market Sunday's Best? What are the main channels you use? So when you start out on Shopify, you get Google AdWords. Emily's thing, she's in the advertising and marketing field, so she understands those things a little bit better. I don't think we got too many sales or conversions out of those. We did Facebook ads, which is a pay-per-click. Twitter is a lot of fun. I think Twitter is fun because people will follow you on Twitter on a whim, but on Facebook, people really think if they want to like you or not. I think Facebook's a little bit more personal to people where they don't want to feel like, oh, I like Sundays best, but I just don't want to like them on Facebook because wonder if they post four times a day and it's stuff I don't care about. So Facebook's actually been a little bit tougher than I thought. I thought Facebook would kind of be our bread and butter. Hey, that's something I see too when I think about liking something. Will this person send me ads of their business? Do I really want to see that? Do I unsubscribe or what do I do after? Yep. I think that's why Twitter and Pinterest are just better avenues for us because people follow your boards on Pinterest very easily without worrying about spam. It's just a better area to put our products up. And I think AJ had a great point about Pinterest. He said that Facebook and Twitter, you'll get a spike in traffic after you post perhaps an image of a new product. But in Pinterest, it's actually got great momentum. And I thought he just made such a great point about that. So how do you guys use Pinterest? Do you just post pictures of your shirts? Are you doing a more proactive role? Or can you go into detail about that? We have a board of our shirts where you can repin the images of our shirts, which is obviously the number one thing we want you to do there. But we also repin others' pins of, say, a great picture of Aaron Rodgers or of Lambeau Field or a craft someone made of a baby helmet that they crocheted. So we do all things Packers and hope that people want to follow us and we give out great, great fun Packers content and put that on their homepage. And of course, the end game is hoping they click into us and and look at our apparel and therefore go to our website from there. Do you guys use YouTube as a marketing tool? Not yet. We're not sure how to do that yet, but it's something that is always on our radar. We're going to be at, at Lambeau Field as many times as we can this year for the new Packer season. And we're definitely always trying to think of new social media ways to get ourselves out there. And I know, once again, Gary V does a lot of uh, video blogs. And I know that's something that we've been thinking about and talking about because people love that quick interaction with the person that they're buying their, their products from. You mentioned you used AdWords starting out. Can you give us some color on that? Ooh, yes. I'm a novice. So this will be a novice talking about AdWords. Hopefully there are other novices listening out there. You need to choose the perfect words to to select for AdWords. For example, if we selected Packers t-shirt, that probably wouldn't have done us too much good because there's 
too many high-ranked websites like the official merchandise that have Packers t-shirt as their words to get to your site. It's kind of like a game. You need to figure out what you can put in AdWords in order to get people to your site. So I think some of the things we went with were Wisconsin heart shirt, things like that, where it's a little bit more unique to us, hoping that people are Googling that after seeing it somewhere and we'll get to our site that way. One thing I find is that AdWords is getting expensive. Yeah, the money drains so fast. So they give you that $300 and you think you've won the lottery and then it's gone in five days. So it hasn't been something that has worked great for us with bigger companies. I bet it's just absolutely essential. Like I said, we can't do Packers shirt. Someone will not get to us through Google that way just yet uh, until we become a huge multi-million dollar company, I think. So um, yeah, so AdWords haven't been a big part of our, our, our marketing strategy, which is funny. I think we thought Facebook and AdWords would do it for us. And both of them aren't uh, aren't our bread and butter at this point. How do strangers find you now then? Which is the like biggest way of traffic that you guys have found? So we have a blog, which we try to keep updated. And Shopify allows you to see what people Googled or binged, I get or Yahoo'd, to get to you. And the funniest thing is the weirdest words, I look at it every day and I, I love seeing what it is. The weirdest words get people to us. For example, we did a blog post about how Courtney Finley is the is the wife of Jermichael Finley, who plays for the Packers. And she was pregnant and we tweeted at her a funny tweet and she retweeted us. So we blogged about that, just about how nerdy it was that we were so excited she retweeted us. And the words Courtney Finley pregnant have probably got 30 people to the site since then. It's so funny. So we found those words weren't being blogged about a lot, but people were interested in it. And that actually got us to the site. Otherwise, people have been getting to the site finally just by Googling Sun. Sunday's best, which was not something that happened in the beginning because we weren't high enough ranking in Google. And that Shopify blog post that we did gave us great visibility within Google and search engines, which has been wonderful. And so on the blog post, I see there's a Wisconsin in a nutshell and there's a picture. And do you remember what's in that? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I took that on my way. So I'm living in Denver and I just absolutely love everything Wisconsin. We don't have cheese curds. Have you had cheese curds, Terry? Never. Oh, you're missing out. I'll see if I can overnight you a bag. Uh, <laughs> uh, cheese curds and I believe it was beef jerky. So when I was going back to Wisconsin for a Packers game, I was at a convenience store and there was a huge cooler with just cheese curds on one side and brats on another side. And I had to take a picture because I thought it was the funniest thing. A third of the store of the convenience store was taken up by cheese curds and brats. And it just warmed my heart about how much I love Green Bay and and the place that I grew up. So what are cheese curds? I'm looking at the picture now. I can't really relate this to anything. I can't give you a, a scientific definition, but cheese curds are just delicious, squeaky chunks of cheese that are horrible for you and are wonderful to eat. That's about all I know about cheese curds. <laughs> and people in Wisconsin love them. <laughs> all right. Someday when I make it out there. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll have to, to write that down on your bucket list. <laughs> so let's talk about the future a little bit. Are you guys having any new products to be introduced soon? Can you give us some idea about that? Yep. With the onboarding of Nate, one of our new designers, we're going to definitely do a couple of shirts that are a little bit more leaning towards the male demographic, but we're going to make them unisex because we find that a lot of women like those shirts as well too. So we're going to do a couple new shirts that way. We still haven't decided on our designs. And then we're going to do another onesie. We learned a huge lesson with onesies. I guess some people call them baby bodysuits, if you will, that people buy very small sizes in those. And we made a mistake with our first run. We only bought six to 12 month 
12 to 18 and 18 to 24 month. And it turns out those are just simply not the popular sizes for onesies. So with our new run of our new design on our onesie, we're going to do zero to three months, three to six and six to 12. And hopefully that'll help out someone who's listening, who's about to, uh, to buy those because people buy them for gifts for babies who are just born. So, you know, that's probably the biggest time that onesies are purchased. So that's something that we learned. And hopefully that advice could help out someone who's starting out their own t-shirt company. I guess obviously neither of you have kids now, right? Otherwise we would have figured that out earlier. Exactly. We thought, oh, this will be perfect. Big baby. I have no idea what we were thinking. (laughs) Uh, Just kind of those funny things that happen when you're first starting a company. Just mistakes that are made that you have to to get over and and learn from them. So buy the tiniest sizes available would be my, my ultimate advice for those. I think that's it for now. Any advice you want to give to future business owners who want to start a clothing store? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most important things you can do as a small business to set yourself apart is just to make a great impression upon them coming to your site. So we did a lot to make our site as beautiful as possible. And secondly, when they do order, we want to make sure they have a great experience with with Sunday's Best. So Emily does all the grunt work actually over in Minneapolis. She's got all of our inventory in her in her apartment. She actually steams every shirt before we send it out. She folds it and then we add in a handwritten note to all of our orders. And I think that's just a great, easy and free way to make sure that people think that their experience with Sunday's Best Co. was a wonderful one and they want to do it again in the future and and repurchase. So I think that's a huge thing. And secondly, we commented on this in um, in our blog recently that we added a comments box, which Shopify does automatically for you. When someone's putting that they want a small shirt of X, Y, and Z, they can also do a comments box. And we recently changed that to say, tell us your story of why you're a Packers fan. If you, if you're on the season ticket waiting list, if you're X, Y, and Z, all those kinds of things. And we've gotten the most wonderful response from that. And I think that's something that every small business should try out. Just see if people are willing to give you a little, a little piece inside of, of them, of why, why they're ordering your product and why they're a fan of, of what you're doing. And we've had so much fun and success with that of people saying, yeah, my dad was a, was a Packers fan, but we've lived in Idaho, our whole lives, but we still love the Packers. I went to my first game last year and it's wonderful content to write on our thank you note to them. But it's also just so incredible to see how much people want to share with you when, when given the opportunity. Right, thanks so much for being on the show, Amy. Thank you so much for choosing us. We feel really honored. If you want to check out more info about Amy's business, check out sundaysbestco.com. That's sundaysbestco.com. All right. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you next time. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. There, you'll find articles, case studies, and tools to help you run a successful online store. Remember to sign up for our mailing list to get news and updates delivered right to your inbox. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. 